0: Hello and welcome to GIST Radio. We are a casual radio station where we broadcast when we have something to say. GIST stands for getting the shit together, and we broadcast important interviews and information for artists and creators of all kinds. For more information on GIST, please log into our website at www.gyst-ink.com, where you will find free resources, software, and publications for artists. You can email us and let us know what you would like to hear about at info at G-Y-S-T-I-N-K dot com. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Hello, listeners. Thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Kara Tomei. And what I do on this podcast, Just Do It, is seek out artists who have hybridized their careers to include some form of innovative programming that engages the public. So that could be ongoing projects, an artist collaboration, an artist collaborative, a nonprofit entity, an artist-run space, of whatever form it takes. Uh, we here at Just Inc. want to champion artists who have embraced a DIY approach, to uh, diversifying their practice beyond the studio to share uh, with others and support others. And so the goal of Just Radio is to give these people a forum to share their experiences and so that we can inspire others to do the same out there in the Los Angeles art world. So um, lofty goals, but I think we're getting there one step at a time. And uh, one of those DIY People is my guest today. His name is Jim Ovalman, And Jim is the co-founder of an artist-run space called AWOL, which is a wonderful name. I love it. And I am going to welcome him to the show. And I've got lots of questions we just met. And I um, have lots of good questions about what he does. Uh, Jim, are you there with us?
0: Right here. Thanks. Thanks for the Hi, Jim. too. Hi.
1: Oh, good, good, good. So um, we met at the startup. Well, actually, you and I have not met face to face. What I should say is, your co-founder, uh, Nicole. Um Nicole, you met Nicole,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, met, I met Nicole Wang or Wong, Wang, Wong. Sorry, <laughs> how do you say it? <laughs> Which way do you I say the name? Would say, say
0: yeah, Michelle? she would say Wong. Right? Okay, good. Okay. The, I the want tone, to make sure you got it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Okay, I want to make sure because um, that's not good when you mispronounce that. So Nicole and you started a well, but uh, so I went to the startup um, art fair in Los Angeles, which is a art fair in uh, a hotel in LA that happens annually, and it is really it is for artists who are not represented by galleries. So it's kind of a very um, just just spirited thing, and that founder of the fair invited me to do a panel there um, because actually I. Uh, recently curated a show of many artist run spaces in LA who I've had on just radio and it's up now at the at the brand um, art gallery and um, so it afforded me the opportunity to be at startup with the panel and what I'll do is describe walking into startup and the very first room that you basically get to was this stunning installation done by AWOL where the room was absolutely 100% transformed into, I, it's even hard to explain. I'll, I'll, I'll let you explain it later, Jim, when we do talk about this project, but completely site-specific immersive installation where you felt like you were walking into a shack in the, Woods, or rather, in the in the Arctic, in this case of um, Shackleton. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you describe that project because that's a project that okay. is really taken off. But but wait, but actually, we're gonna put that we're gonna put that aside for the moment. Though I just like to kind of talk a little bit about how we met to to get us into this. But um, before we get to specific projects, Jim, I do want to have you. Introduce yourself really briefly. Um, I really like to frame this as, you know, the, the people, these are working artists, working artists who have decided to, again, diversify into the, this other way of starting a space in your case and uh, and, and other projects. So first, just a brief introduction of, of yourself. I, I know you went to CalArts, so I am a CalArtsian. Yeah. You're a CalArtsian. We share that. You went to CalArts. Talk a little bit about your practice as an artist and then what motivated you to start thinking about doing something that was beyond that? And then, you know, kind of found <laughs> yeah. in the face.
0: Well, where to start? Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I've been, uh, I've been out here, uh, Los Angeles since the late nineties, um, uh, out of Cal arts and actually right about the time, uh, of 2001 and the nine 11 events, uh, I was running a, uh, a gallery, I call it a project space in the front part of my uh, studio in Silver Lake, and that was called London Street Projects. And it wasn't really something I thought uh, instrumentally that it's going to lead to ABC, a, a, or Z. I didn't have that yeah. kind of strategy. It's just Chinatown was really get start, getting started at that time. And, and you could have a space in your apartment, and you'd get overflow of traffic. It was just nicely located off the 101. And um, – I think the zeitgeist there for do-it-yourself spaces like that was a kind of generosity, because we mm-hmm. wanted to see really challenging projects, and there was Machine project going on sh- shortly uh, around that time or after yep. it just started. We wanted to see challenging and integrated projects that that said, um, well, we know that there's this vertical art world going on, and mm-hmm. we know there's a horizontal practice of, it's been said to, you know, just. Kind of supporting yourself through uh, very wider means. And you oh my think, gosh, did
1: you did you pull that language right. right off of our website? Because you just said no, exactly. I watched oh my no, 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 no. <laughs> I watched
0: uh, Karen Atkinson's okay. TED presentation. Oh okay 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 yeah. So those terms I tried already, not to be overprepared. Yeah.
1: No, but and, I love that. And, but that's this terrific.
0: does make a quantum leap into AWOL because because mm-hmm. uh, I I you know since those years. Um, running a space. I worked for the animation industry. Um, mm-hmm. I, is that I what you did, at Cal at Cal arts? arts? I studied. Uh, I had a hybrid of experimental animation and uh-huh. studio arts. Okay. So um, I had installation work and projections, mixed media, mm-hmm. and kind of stayed true to. I stayed true to not committing to any single medium since. Um, but <laughs> how that strategy. leads to a wall, I, I suppose, is that. Uh, it's rekindling that sense of generosity of mm-hmm. starting a space just to see it, just to to see it happen and
1: yes and um, the whole and the, what you just said too about because I mean I, 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 I had have, disclaimer haven't physically been to the space can't wait to come down to Alhambra is where it's uh, located no sorry El Sereno right El Sereno Los Angeles mm-hmm. um, right. but but there's what you just described as this very hybrid space I see you know you do installation works and projections and musicians doing music with film and and you have a roof where people are, are doing concerts and you have like so I, I see it is a very, um, you know, active space in all media as well. So you're definitely, you've got that, you know, still coming coming out of, obviously, your practice. And then that's the kind of stuff you want to see and what you want to participate in, right?
0: Right. It's the par excellence of self-indulgence in that way. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, that's however, cool. it is... Um, it's an A. Wall practice in, in a sense because it's uh, mm-hmm. it's still staying in the game with um, trying f- to find a way to support yourself psychically, motivational, mm-hmm. motivational wise, um, as well as keeping your hands and mind busy in what you have. To, what some artists have to do. Uh, and that's engaged themselves in many different parts of the sensibilities in their brain and where you're creating very multi-sensory shows and installations. We've done music events. Uh, we've defied any type of categorization with that. But it's at the same thing of uh, develop, it, for me. It's, it, it's my studio as well, my sometimes studio. Um, mm-hmm. So it has downtime equally. It's really a uh, taba rasa for coming up for the project that may end up somewhere else, not at AWOL. So it is a personal project of mine and uh, Nicole's to uh, keep this going as a possibility of working with anything and everything in the future, including events that don't, can't really be categorized as art events. Um, right. It could be categorized in another, you know, Form of culture, uh, mm-hmm. such as concert or uh, uh, spoken word. Um, although we have n- never done really spoken word, I don't know why I say that. But it, maybe I have you it will then. There you go. You just anything, put the, right. like, just put awesome the energy out there, right there. <laughs> right. Yeah, has, well, think, right, right. Yeah, it has to. Well, it has to be right, though. Right. It has to sort of set the anarchy. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and part of I mean, what? Okay. So, so what is wonderful about what you just said is you you're articulating what a true well I, I mean it's so great to just hear that this is a that this, it's just coming out of your true practice as as an artist and your interests, and you just want to see that activated in the world in a broader way, and you want to bring people into that and give them the opportunities and that really is it's like a real pure impulse and and i and you sound like you really have that purity of the impulse, but that is often the way the best spaces start and the ones that will sustain and last because if you, if it's coming out of really, you know, your true self and what you want to see, and you know that you have obviously an audience and a, and a community of people who want to engage in this, in the same kind of stuff, you know, you're going to have success. And that's like, if anyone, like, well, how do should I start an artist space or should I start, you know, should I start a collaborative? I mean, I, I, the number one is do you have the passion and commitment to do it? Because, it takes a lot of work, I'm sure. You know, as as we can talk about a little bit too. I mean, it it takes work and commitment, and it it, it takes um, you know, that stick to your guns passion of I'm I'm doing this because you, it's not a commercial space. You've articulated that it's really it's a happening space. Most artist collectives, even if they're galleries, even if they're more formal gallery spaces, are not commercially driven. That's just the like the the usually the mission is not commercially driven, not to say that there can't be a sale here and there, but that is not the goal. So it's about something else. It's about this, Purity of community, this openness, everything you described, and so you're just a perfect. And if you could explain narrative. that to the
0: IRS, I'd love that because they always try to audit me, you
1: know. Okay, so that need is. To an, hear your show. That yeah. is interesting. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, that's kind of something like even to talk about. I mean, because you know, so now My we've given,
0: doesn't appreciate that, I, but you're absolutely right. yeah.
1: No, I mean, I think that people do appreciate talking about that. I mean, I want to, I want to put a pin in that right, right there because, exactly. I mean. I think a lot of people do scratch their heads and especially maybe outside of the art world or people who are, you know, more about running a business to sustain themselves. They kind of scratch their heads at this whole collective movement. And they're like, well, wait a minute. How do you, how do you even, it's not about money. So then what the heck, what, what, it's not about money. How do you even survive? How do you, why do you do this? You know, but it it often isn't about this Thing only sustaining someone financially. I mean, as you said before, artists do so many different things in order to have a, a life in the arts. You know, making money from your art as your sole income is like one percent of the art world, probably. Right. I mean, you have to be like right, a, Yeah. You know. Yeah.
0: Famous. Uh, yeah, and I should mention. Like um, I should mention I do have a full time teaching gig right over the hill of a right. at uh, Cal State LA. Oh, that's convenient. uh, Nicole, Nicole, as well as a full time job. So, and and here's the benefit of, uh, you know, as you get older as an artist, it becomes a liability in that vertical market of, uh, you know, stock gives some kind of formula or something, or at least that's mm-hmm. perception of it. But as you get older and more savvy in your city, you get to know all the nooks and crannies and ways to survive and ways to get paid and ways to make a really exciting project happen at the expense of something that's more commercial. And there's always this concoction that's an equilibrium, a balance of what makes you f- feel Perfectly satisfied if you're not getting that itch scratched of that creative need, um, I've seen miserable artists who are selling works for a hundred grand you know? right right uh, right, you right. Know, I, and uh, <laughs> it's it's more being identifying your member of a tribe you know yeah. we could de- develop some sort of way to identify those you know, needs that you have creatively and is being satisfied and then measure that against success of what other people or what you determine as success. There's still a whole lot of wanting and a whole lot of um, anxiety about where anyone should be in this. So it's not the have and have nots about it. It's just questioning your identity and how much you can do.
1: Sure. And it's not to demonize commercialism or making money from art. Believe me, I'm not saying that, but because, because that would be wonderful, but it is like you said, as an artist, you have got to really think of many different avenues that you can engage yourself, like you said, creatively. And then for job, money wise, whether it's teaching, installing, whatever, another side business, whatever, there's like mm-hmm. that can be a piece of it. And then running a space can be another piece. But what well, we always talk about it just is it's all part of your practice. You know, it's all, everything you do makes up your practice as an artist. So your teaching is that. And you're and you're that's and you're making me. art yeah, of that yeah. and you're producing yeah. of that. Well, mostly for people, yeah. For I would say that's for the majority of the people that are guests on the show. You know, people yeah, yeah. that you know, because right. that's what we're trying to to really uh, champion and 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 give a voice to. That that is exactly how you will succeed and be happy <laughs> and fulfilled. You know, as an artist, is to is to diversify and hybridize and all the, and all those great words. So. I, so let's get into some specifics because um, uh, we like to kind of give a shout out to what you're doing, talk a little bit about your experience of what you're doing. So for instance, okay, let's start with this. Um, you started AWOL in 2015, is that correct?
0: Right.
1: Yeah, so 2015 and you've had a handful of uh, visual art exhibitions and uh, and concerts and the like, but actually let's go back to, so another thing that also helps oftentimes starting a space is it is in a way partly self-motivated that it is either a studio space of yours or some kind of shared space. And so how did you find this building in El Sereno? It's got a great look to it, by the way, and it's really interesting place, you know, to, 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 uh, to make art. So tell me a little bit about finding the building and, and kind of okay. claiming that as the space for AWOL and then how you kind of decided to kick it off.
0: Okay. Well, I, I, should go one step before and mention I had a space for 10 years in the building mm-hmm. post occupied wow. in 1904.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, post Street, downtown.
0: downtown uh huh. Downtown LA. Um, yep. Uh, and so I was You've been from... in this
1: game. I did not realize this. So you're, this is why it's fun. I don't do too much research because then I actually discover mm-hmm. with the, you know the listeners as well. That's so you of... have been in this in this like you know uh, artist-run space game for a long time. I didn't realize you were engaged for you know for that many years. When that really is that kind of post era. Post is also one that's been around
0: right. for a very I'm, very, I'm long very long time very and still to... is and still is. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so that that you know describes sort of the the backstory of where the circle goes and, um, you so, know, and 10 cool,
1: years um, is a very long and, time. Uh-huh. Sorry to interrupt you, but I also want to just, I want to kind of make note of that 10 years. I mean, you, so before, before a you had a space for 10 years. What was that space called?
0: Oh, uh, maybe I misspoke. It was my studio. I meant to say, mm-hmm. um, you know, when I ran London Street, uh, that that finished long, long, you know, years ago. So um,
1: London Street um, was your space. This, was, this space.
0: was my studio primarily and only my okay. studio space.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. But Post
0: did have uh, a, a project space uh, in front, which I, I and other artists collectively had showed. So it was a multi-purpose right. public space and run as such um, mm-hmm. by H.K. Uh, Zamani or Habib Karanar. Um, right. Uh, and they've and been around was, for more than twenty years. wrong. Sorry about that, Cubby. Um, but I was He was subletting space. That you know, I was paying him, and the lease was terminated. We all had to vacate. Mm-hmm. So we had kind of scrambled like rats off that sinking ship. I'm sure the rent's probably four grand a month, or who knows what they did. Wow. Um, to, yeah. Uh, I think what was it before? Anyhow. Do you
1: mind if I ask you?
0: What it what was it before the rent before my rent before was, fu- uh uh-huh. about a do- uh, under actually under a dollar square foot I believe. Wow. So I think I wow. You know, I yeah. had five hundred and uh, I I'm I'm no good with that. You know I think it's five twenty. Right. And I was paying four hundred a month.
1: Yeah, unbelievable. So, uh, so yeah, I, I mean that's that's what art. Is- that's what artists do enemies. too. I mean, obviously, shift where the rents are low. And then, of course, you know, people realize they've got a good thing and then they jack it up and then artists get kicked out. So there you go. You know, you're, that's a very, this is the this is the cycle that always happens. And now, and, you know, and, and we don't think we're
0: spoiled, right? I, so I felt yeah. I that it precisely. We had thick industrial walls, 14 foot ceilings. Plenty of parking, and then, you know, being thrust out looking for a new studio to find much higher rents for lower quality, you know, going yeah. to thin partition walls with no doors, corrugated metal warehouses, it gets mm-hmm. super hot in the summer, super cold, so this is the new reality, and then for more money, dollar right. forty, a square foot, and that's reality. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there starts this cycle of gentrification, because then all right. the our town artists are moving into El Sereno, so that's, a, yeah, you know, we're part of that, um, you know,
1: migration to, to, to Reno, keep right? space, you know, Yeah, yeah, yeah. To
0: El yeah. So yeah. we found this tile shop next to a car wash on Valley. And since that time, they renamed the street. It's actually called Alhambra Avenue in El Sereno. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, you know, we went into the, uh, the situation of, of, well, we could rent and, and be at the vagaries of the higher rent, or we could pull in our trust and try to, go for this place, which we were fortunate enough to be able to do. So this is the first property, as a commercial property, which we don't use for any commercial purpose, but that we, uh, Nicole and I decided we were going to take the plunge for and make a bid on and uh, to our own surprise, you know, it went all the way through and we started that in 2015. So you purchased it. with with idea. That we'd do something with it, but we you know we didn't know the name yet or know what, but saw that happened. And, it's and a Jim, I'm sorry. Wait, so you purchased but, the building? Yep. Yeah, Are you saying right. that you
1: purchased the building? Oh, that's very smart. I mean, of course, that's that's the most ideal. No, it's not smart. Uh, it's
0: very lucky well, and privileged that we we would have the well, ability to yeah, do okay. that. So we both okay. worked full time jobs for many years. So right. that is We're able to. how we could, and and we have the luck to and the privilege to be able to mm-hmm. you know maintain. Uh, jobs and salaries that were sure. um, pulled together to do that, mm-hmm. so and I well, mentioned it's nice about to have that
1: permanency that 's the one, you know that 's just such a relief I, you know because uh, most artists run spaces do not have that permanency, I mean some do, but to have that permanency is really is really great so just
0: and you know i 've always been wily about that that idea all the way back in Silver Lake. Mm-hmm. I remember asking, well, how much does this building how much would you want to sell it for? And mm-hmm. this is the space before and uh the landlord said three hundred thousand and are
1: you mm-hmm. crazy? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Because I sure. was
0: paying seven hundred a month for the whole thing. But we're getting to at, at a place with uh where rents are, are, are so high there in downtown yeah. that it doesn't yep. make sense anymore. But I do realize that uh, you know, so you're gonna you know, ninety eight percent, ninety nine percent of us don't have that ability. You know, right. but to, again, I mentioned because of the years of of just scrapping together piece by piece to be able to do mm-hmm. that, you know, I could never mm-hmm. do that right out of CalArts, right? Right. So no, it's always it it's always
1: be. a a process. It's always a process, and it, but it's nice that your process brought you to a place of owning this property and now able to do kind of whatever you want with it. So let's talk about what you do with it, kind of get into some of the fun things in terms of, I mean, what what has been, what has been you know, joyful for you about putting up art shows and do you curate all the shows? Do you have, I mean, how do you run it? How does, how does AWOL run in terms of bringing mm-hmm. stuff in and, and uh, maybe talk about some of that? Well, the exciting, right. the really exciting project you did too, um, with the, with the, let's get into the Shackleton project on the roof, just as, as a description, because mm-hmm. that's also then launched you into these other projects in startup. Right. And I noticed you went to Boswell, mm-hmm. Miami. So, uh, you know, let's talk about some, some, uh,
0: project in the space. Okay. Uh, well, we decided to have a group show as a kind of a pilot or just see how it would go. And we included, that's um, sort of a natural curation there. We included artists who were ousted from downtown spaces um, to have a group show. This is August and 15. And uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to learn something from that, invite the community, you know, our outside community in, um, which is predominantly Latino. This is um You know, mostly if you know the sector, it's an industrial street, big, noisy street, and then very residential at the same time. So, um, so this had a really interesting result. I mean, the show itself uh, was less of a point than what what the reaction would be, because I'm, you know, at least I am, and I think others are were interested in uh, what having a show at this different location would be like. And there was a young woman that approached me during the opening and asked me how I thought I was gentrifying the community by my presence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I I, I was, you know, I would imagine like going on two days sleep. I I was like, you know, you just, the way someone asks you, I was instantly defensive at first, but then, you know, she asked if, I asked her if she was an artist or knew any who wanted to show there. I said, instantly I said, Hey, do you want to show here? This is a great idea. Let's put this into a show. She said, no, I'm not an artist, and I'm not mm-hmm. interested. And, um, you know, I thought about it, and then I thought, wait, uh, I know what her interest really is. She's talking about the role of artists in gentrification, and she yep. wanted to know the answer. Well, it's a um, so darn it We're in El Sereno <laughs> because we got kicked out of downtown, and now the artist uh-huh. person, El Sereno, riles up activists about their impact. Yeah. So it's it's a real wake up call and I think it's really necessary to talk about Yeah, that. I mean it so after that experience it mm-hmm. created the Shackleton kind of notion. So I can talk mm-hmm. about that too if you like. Um, yeah sorry, I'd like to hear that, but something. just to
1: pause well, I just wanted to pause on that uh this note be, about the whole gentrification issue because of course it's been an issue always uh, I would just just make note of it that it, lately especially lately a lot of press and a lot of activity over this in terms of the Boyle Heights gentrification and right. you know protests and and protests outside of galleries and uh, you know i I know some people tried to start a gallery from KellArts and and the and the neighborhood practice kick them out. I mean, it is a very complicated issue. I don't want to dive dive into it. That could be a whole show on itself. You know, I don't want to seriously pick it apart because um, there's almost no answers either. You know, I mean, it's kind of because there's really pros and cons on both sides. Um, But that is interesting that you have felt that. And um, is that just something that you are obviously something you're trying to be aware of? Like you said, you automatically thought, well, let's bring the community in because, you know, like the 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 evil notion of gentrification, you know, is a hard one to battle. And, and, you know, oftentimes art, that's not an artist or an artist space motivation at all. In fact, maybe even the opposite, but it's often kind of hard to see that from both sides of the community. So and well, it, just led, it led
0: mm-hmm. to the, I'm sorry. It led to the no, no, go ahead. It led to the Shackleton idea. Okay. Um, all together. So it, it just is. am I'm, I'm Maybe wouldn't, um, as you said, have time to, to create another discourse about uh, the dynamics of it mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Uh, and the winners and losers and the cycle of it. But the fact that it is and it exists, yeah. and many right. artists, uh, it's been going on, you know, from ever. And yeah. <laughs> many artists are not really aware of it and much less included in their practice. Now, because uh, AWOL is a very experimental and inclusive space in mentality, I'm making mm-hmm. a lot of the decisions there, of course. Um, I wanted to feature this in some way in the thinking for the next show. So the next one called uh, The Solo Show uh, began right at the end of 15 and ran into 16. It was called Being Ernest Shackleton and El Sereno. Mm-hmm. So for the first phase of the show, uh, I and um, uh, Iranian artist architect Marano Yadi created a simulation of a 1914 shipwreck of Ernest Shackleton. And uh, if the audience knows that, he was stuck in you know, this ice floe for a year and a half, and he's regarded as a hero for saving his crew, et cetera. Um, so the installation for the second phase of the show, I invited a street artist from Los Angeles that I met through a local El Sereno um, community arts. Uh, her name is Angelica De La Torres. Um, so I met this street artist, and he took over the whole installation for the second wow. half of the show and modified it with tagging and spray skills Right. <laughs> and it led to this complete, completely crazy closing reception that didn't look anything like the opening reception. Oh, he wow, that is really cool. Skeletal puppets out of the remaining foam. All the ice was done with foam. And it, he did these uh, Aztec villages out of the foam. And it's interesting the story of Shackleton, if anyone d- dug any further, part of his crew was saved by this Chilean um, Navy captain named Luis Pardon Villon. I hope I got his last name right. Mm-hmm. Pronunciation, but uh, there's also the ability to tell these really interesting counter narratives. If you control artists, will be artists. They're going to do. They're going to control their practice because without any structure or strategy, you're not following your muse. You know, you're not. You're not doing what you you intend to do. But I'm using this this first encounter with the, the reality of gentrification mm-hmm. as a creative. Yep alternative to say, okay, well, what can we do if we completely open it up to another community artist and see how they change it? But it's a tricky one because someone could just accuse you of cultural appropriation and say, oh, you are trying to legitimize your practice. And well, right. I'm not interested in that. I'm just, I'm just interested mm-hmm. in doing something with this energy and doing something new, um, at least new to me, and, and seeing what the result is so that's why every show is more like a project rather than a curatorial than everything fitting into some, you know, academic strategy. That's not what it is for sure.
1: Well, that is well, I think that the the process that you just described and how you you're embracing it and and um it's just a brilliant um kind of strategy that you use like that you put the show up and then invited someone from the community to do what they would with the show and and i'm sure there was dialogue and um that's it's it's pretty exciting to hear that you're so open to the flow of that and that you are just kind of working with that and and, and moving forward that's 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 wonderful. Um, I'm impressed <laughs> i was I wish I saw all of that. I only discovered you you too late to to see kind of uh, all these different incantations so far, but I know that you will continue with with this dialogue right. and, and
0: and with and like that you said, um, it, like you said, mm-hmm. Kara, it's a very real thing if we had mm-hmm. planned openings we published two years ahead we we did sign it right. we did you know atten- put put so much attention on the facade of a wall um it would create more and more um issue of Mm -hmm. that presence itself in areas is what's causing this cycle to happen and why all all the activism is happening and the the protests are happening, that um, some artists decide to work very, very low-key, and that's very traditional to say, okay, well, this is the only place I can afford, and I don't want any... Um, attention! I don't want any negativity, and I'll just quietly make my work series right. and ship them out, that is still privilege to be able to have a studio. So, you know, A, I realize that. And B, I also realize that artists who are on this plane, like a lot of the GIST listeners, Uh, need a place to socialize their work, to open it up to the community, need to have immediate bricks and mortar sense of community so we're in a bind, we're in a catch-22 so react Mm -hmm. first of all being aware and reacting to it and maybe even um, including this consciousness in the work itself could be a start it could be one creative start on a do-it-yourself phase and it's not any answer to anything it's gentrification marches on and all that but, just at least being aware of it and and where you want to put your role you know in that cycle, and know that you hold a very mechanical place in that cycle, just completely ignoring it you know. Um it's something some people do. You know, they just judge yeah. ahead without it's a it's a confidence. choice. It's a
1: choice, but that's not yeah, a choice that's gonna right. probably make much change or uh you know, or or create the dialogue. I mean you're you have decided to take up a very uh active, you know, place and, and I, I kind of I, you know, dreamily wish that more artists would be like that. <laughs> you know, I, I really truly uh, am, am admiring your your uh, stance and and your strategies for 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 doing it, and it makes for really interesting, of the moment, responsive work, and and that's kind of really what what.
0: Yeah, that's my I will tell you what stuff. some people have said to me, and they aren't you worried about your. I, if I were you, I, I would be concerned about who I am, my own identity, and you know, d- developing boundaries because we we have to whether we're you know, on a verbal horizontal track, we're, we're fighting to place our identity among our constituency, and uh, whether that be art history or it be recognizability within a certain practice. And uh, that's all we have as artists are trying to figure out who we are. But again, I, I when I said earlier in the interview, that's just me, I've always been like this a person who's never struggled with the need to identify myself particularly within a medium, a single medium or practice, right? And then uh, right. The, more the stress comes out when somebody asks, okay, define yourself in this. And uh, I feel less of that on the East Coast. Of course you do VR and music and sculpture and painting. Of really? course you do. And, here's, but, you, and know, you find I, that I, more, it's, it's,
1: wait, you saying you find that more open uh, in the, on the East Coast than, than the West? No, you said well, I, I,
0: that's, I, that's I, really
1: interesting. you like to think that, I don't know. <laughs> I,
0: I'd like to think that I'm talking about young artists, uh I, I, I want to mention that uh, in the Miami satellite fair, mm-hmm. um most of the artists I think there were from East Coast. Um and Well that's they partially, have this partially because it's
1: Miami and the Miami uh, the Miami that's New right. York connection is so is it's not a fair uh,
0: sampling, yeah. you know, it's not old right. money you or too.
1: something like yeah. that, which is no.
0: But I think there's more of a, you know, this is a perception I have. I, I spoke with many friends. I think the East coast, Los Angeles, particularly, there's more of a pressure to identify yourself within a practice, within a medium that there is certainly mm-hmm. in, in other cities, but uh, that's debatable. And I'd like to hear debate on that. It's an open question. <laughs>
1: right. Right. And maybe it is a generational thing. I mean, because um, you said, you know, young artists, I mean, because the art world is becoming more and more and more and more hybridized. I think it is, it's just, it is becoming right. much more common and more, and even, uh, you know, um, what's the word? I mean, uh, um, respected and ex- expected that you're an artist that's going to be working in, in many medium. I think it's a traditionalist, almost old fashioned, you know, kind of way of thinking that, you know, I paint canvases, that's it. That's all I'll ever do, you know, and that's how it, how it's, how it's going to be. So I think that in general, over the last 10, in my opinion, over at least decade, if not a little more uh, than I, that... I'm- it is shifting, I, but but I, I, I would
0: I would take it's not that I t- would take issue with that mm-hmm. phrase but I would okay. I would just be concerned about what is being taught in MFA programs especially right. in Los Angeles and elsewhere where um, there's a there's a need to put all your chips you know in one on one square or one place where right
1: but isn't that uh, also you're going to capitalize
0: and, and mm-hmm. it's just in, you know inherent. That if you're going to specialize, you specialize, in in sharp tip. Right, but you just said, the, fine, key sharp tip. You just really said the key word. And I'm really talking about specialization. Though. Right. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: But you but you said with the key word in that is capitalization, because because
0: yeah, right yeah where, right
1: that's where yeah right. that's where it gets sticky because if you that's this that's it capitalization might need exactly. specialization. But if you are an artist like yourself and a lot of people on my show, et cetera, et cetera, who is who want that your practice is broader, your your career is not solely about capitalizing, specializing in one medium, but rather sharing what's inside of you as an artist, whether that's teaching, creating, doing this space, curating, community organizing, and on and on, you know, that's, it's kind of the, and I, that kind of identity and there's a whole um, and, and there's a whole community of those people. And, and that's um what's that's my favorite community. <laughs> and, that's, right.
0: and, and you know, that's my tribe and, and me too, yeah. but uh, you yeah. know, we're facing this infinite um, uh, property of time, right? Mm-hmm. If you really want to do something, you know, we, you have to, if you really want to get noticed for just an amazing project that just, Turns heads in some ways, that it creates this you know riv- ripple effect of you've got to see this show even if it had no resources, no budgets. It's something that really turns heads. The dedication to the amount of time to get that done is either you know is either tall or wide. Let's say you have a lot of resources and you can do it. You have support from a gallery. Um, mm-hmm. or you have a lot of time. And if you're right. dividing that time between curating, between making, you know, many different mediums, then you could see the alternate that it's not really a multi-generational issue. It's a, it's an issue over space and time of how you're going to dedicate your practice or concentration the practice. And if I, I, I have a daily paint and draw every day. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that you know is another facet to me. That imagine if I only did that, you know, it, it's just a, a time dedication issue. And my point is, for me personally, uh, that's the that's my mode, That's my mo. Is the vibration of all these different mediums and of practices off each other. But you do give up something, and it's I think it's uh, it's fair and uh, <laughs> and um, prognostic to say that um to be able to be many and, uh, let's say, rhizomatic, right? I think you can use that term. Mm-hmm. Great one. You, you do give up a sense of um, concentration of singularity. But um, the way people like we, let's say, what I professed and you uh, and a lot of listeners think is that's not a problem in itself. That's the way mm-hmm. our consciousness works. That's where neurology works already. So we have to do – this is the artist we have to be, and uh, that's just the way it is. But I do also recognize what, how time is used differently, and, and, and I do see that uh, you know, practiced by different arts in a different way. And perhaps it's, there's some generational interest we see way more collective, like uh, you know, MFA is not waiting around, to being picked up by Geller, just going right into the collective mode. Uh, Tiger Strikes Asteroid is a really good example where they have almost like this web presence and syndication of art spaces. They don't really need a single location, right? So they have right. these multi. Right. Right. And this is an idea, of course, brought by younger generation of artists uh, that are just coming out of MFA right now. And I think that's really, really important to pay attention to, to what you know they're doing.
1: Oh, I agree. And I mean, I'm going to do a little bit of a a self-promotion here. Tiger Strikes Asteroid is in my exhibition. So I did this exhibition at the brand called The Collectivists, and it features six artist collectives in Los Angeles who have different MOs and different kind of, you know, how they do their their work. But considering they are six of the um, pretty interesting uh, collectives out there, and I'm trying to, um, I was given the opportunity to, curate in this space and organize this show. And so it's part and parcel of kind of what I'm passionate about too. And um, I, you know, I could do probably a show at uh, two shows a year with six new collectives. <laughs> okay. If I, if, maybe uh-huh. I could convince the brand library to let me do that No, because there is such a surge and, and like you're saying, big artists are just doing it. I mean, there's just, and artist run spaces have been around forever. Yes. But that kind of ebbs and flows. And I, I feel that there is a zeitgeist right now of this, just do it, that's why my show is called "Just Do It" and uh, you know and and move forward and ha- create this tribe, create the platform, and then you use that platform how you will as an artist. I mean, it it, it can go and it's all choices. That's all it is as choices as to all these wonderful and very honest and articulate things and issues you were you were um, talking about. Um, and Jim, this has been one of the best interviews I've done. It's been such a great conversation. We have actually gone on so long that that um, we've gone over our 30 minutes but, it's but i don't want to stop i wish we didn't have to stop but i'm wondering if maybe uh, our listeners are like okay we've hit the moment <laughs> we we covered such wonderful deep and uh interesting subjects like i said uh i would love to uh, have the conversation continue between us in the future. And I hope that our listeners enjoyed it as much as I did. And I would love people to uh, frequent your space and check you out. AWOL, art AWOL.com and uh, Facebook and all that kind of good stuff. And, and come, come and come and join in uh, what you're creating down there. Um, I certainly am going to, and I want to, again, thank you for being my guest today, Jim.
0: Thank you, Kara so much for the opportunity. It was really fun. Thanks.
1: You are welcome. It was so this is i 'm going i 'm going to sign off and tell our listeners remind our listeners that gist radio is brought to you by gist Inc and we 're an artist run company providing information and technology solutions created by artists for artists and our mission is to support artists in whatever kind of uh, you know information that they need to succeed in all these different kinds of ways and especially in a vertical a vertical career of uh, what that takes to to do these things like Jim does and, and my other guests have. Um, so please also go to our website. There's a plethora of free resources on just inkcom for anyone who needs to have any information about anything. And follow us on Facebook as well. I'm your host, Kara Tomei, and I look forward to having you lend me your ears again. Signing off. Hi, I'm a helpful Southern California Honda person, and recently we've been doing Random Acts of Helpfulness, like sending a kid to basketball camp and helping a family with gas for their son's frequent hospital visits. And during the Honda Summer Bration Sales Event, we can help you with a great deal. Because right now, we're clearing out the 2017s, like the Accord. A 2017 Car and Driver 10 Best a record 31 times. Click the Dealer Locator link to find a dealer near you and go to SoCalHondaDealers.com to suggest a random act of helpfulness for someone you know. Car and Driver, January 2017.
0: Summer slowdown? Is that a thing? At Reebok,
1: we want to help you stay motivated and keep moving all summer long. That's why for limited time we're giving you your second pair of footwear for just $25 so now you can up your game with some versatile trainers set a personal best with our running shoes or crush the course with Reebok all-terrain shoes the choice is yours find your summer inspiration at the Reebok outlet store at the Citadel outlets Citadel Drive Commerce but hurry these savings won't last Reebok be more human ends June 27th terms and conditions apply see in store for details